Into the wild I'll go and into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Into the wild I'll go Into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. It's been a wild freedom Welcome to the show, women. We've got a super special and inspirational episode for you today. I have my creative partners and wise women leaders of the Blood Mystery School, Kristen and Nancy, back on the show because we are celebrating the doors officially being open for 2024. This is our third year, and our Blood Mysteries program is better than ever, with deeper dives into some of the most important topics related to womanhood, supporting healthy cycles, teaching sovereign fertility, honoring the sacred menarche, working with young girls, tending to women in the portal of menopause. If you are at all curious about becoming a real wise woman for your community, of serving women as a sovereign cycle coach, The Blood Mystery School welcomes you into our sacred 16-week container. Space is quite limited, and every year it sells out. This program is an intensive medicine wheel that you yourself will be walking through and will ask you to do some really big, very real healing so that you can learn to be more available for the women and girls in your community. Healed women heal women. You feel me? It's time to become the initiation facilitator that our world needs, that our daughters require, and that women are truly aching for. If that's you, head to our website and sign up today. Bloodmysteryschool.com. We begin February 21st, and it is the only round this year. Okay, so today, Kristen, Nancy, and I, we get into it. We have a very candid conversation all about our blood mysteries, initiations as girls and women. And how the majority of us are conditioned into each of these rites of passage with shame, mistrust, disrespect, and how that then grooms us for medicalized pregnancies, highly managed traumatic births, and a pharmaceutically dependent menopause. Honoring your blood mysteries acts as a way to disrupt this cycle and reorient yourself to the path of true embodiment by relearning the foundational wisdom of our bodies. Both Kristen and Nancy speak about what being a modern-day priestess really looks like in their everyday mundane lives, including all the unique places they put their menstrual blood. They both beautifully articulate the critical knowledge of the blood mysteries for women to truly thrive and come back to our essence of self-love where it's all possible. Let's break these toxic cycles, women. Our blood is our power. Enjoy this episode, get inspired, and then go grab your spot in the Blood Mystery School taught by Nancy and Kristen. Enjoy. there hello Hi. my beauty my beauty priestesses <laughs> okay i'm excited for this conversation today the big announcement that we have is that in this episode being released today that your program the blood mystery school is officially open for enrollment for the one time of 2024 and so we are gathering today to talk about a fun aspect of the blood mysteries and and what you both do with women, um, which which we're going to frame it as 
conscious initiations or proper initiations as a pathway to what's it, would it be called priestesshood? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sounded a little weird in my head before I said it. And yeah, I want to get into what does it even mean after you've been properly initiated? What does it look like in both of your lives to live in your everyday normal lives as embodied priestesses? And that this this isn't about some you know, far out there concept that, that, you know, you women listening, like can't access, this is going to be really a a very tangible conversation today. Um, Yeah. With lots of goodies. So welcome to you both. The modern day priestess. Yes. Mm -hmm. So maybe we having us, Emily. Hmm? Thanks for having us, Emily. Yeah. I'm really excited about the school this year. You know, we've, we've tweaked it a lot and, really honed in on just like the magic of what this program is bringing forth. And there's nothing, there's literally nothing like it out there that I'm aware of today. And and we'll talk about this more at the end. Um, But this combination that I want to make sure you guys have time to flesh out today, this combination of going through the 16 week container with you, where you emerge a cycle coach which is so cool and needed. And then you also emerge as this um, women's initiation facilitator of the blood mysteries, right? And like imagine a world eventually where we have thousands and thousands and thousands of graduates all over the planet walking with this wisdom and and with this guidance from you both. So I love this program. I'm really excited to launch it again. Me too. (laughs) So let's get into maybe first the 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 bullshit initiations. Let's talk about the problemo going yeah. on out there in the world. Why don't you just kind of take that and what what do we what do we want to frame, you know, and connect women to before we get into the the juiciness? I can start, Nancy, if that's okay with you. Yeah. So I think a lot of us came into womanhood. And by that, I mean like starting our cycles. So our first bleed, which is called Menarche. Um, a lot of us came into that really in a in an uncontained way, we could say, or in a way that was not, we were not reflected back to, we were not held in, in our power. We were not even taught some of the most basic, basic things about our cycles. Like you can't get pregnant every day of your cycle or this is how you should take care of your body. These are the types of products you should use or shouldn't use. Um, These are the types of foods that are going to help your body to feel its best, like depending on where you're at in your cycle. So a lot of us just didn't receive any of that. Some, Some of us might have received like a very basic, maybe a gift or some type of appreciation Um, But very few of us were held in a community of wise women who are maybe giving us feedback or wisdom for our path forward and really showing us that this is actually like a really powerful part of your life and your identity. And it's how you can orient your life to live from an authentic place, from an embodied place and let it inform the decisions that you make in your life. So instead of that, we're often just given like, okay, here's the tampon, maybe here's how you use it, or, you know, you just need to keep going with your life as it is. This is just something you have to deal with. It's kind of like this, um, there's a big disconnect. And I think from that place, a lot of women lose trust in their own inner voice or their own intuition. And they're kind of cut off from that from a very young age. And of course, in a way we could say it's manufactured that way, right? It's like that keeps the system intact, that keeps us making choices about our bodies, about our birthing processes as the years go on. So whether that looks like, oh, I have a problem with my period, I'm just going to opt for an IUD or hormonal Mm -hmm. contraceptives, even though- Or a hysterectomy. Or yeah, Mm -hmm. or getting a hysterectomy at, at a young age or anytime. So it's just like, it creates this real sense of um, lack of trust, disconnection, uh, and it doesn't really situate us in our lives. It -hmm. doesn't really orient us to what is happening in our bodies and what's happening around us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just want to touch on that, that very last piece that you said about situating. That's something that I've talked 
to my daughter about so much, just this, the importance of having a North star to orient to, especially when you're in those adolescent years, there is so much. And nowadays, oh man, it is a sea of just things trying to get your attention and basically steal your life essence from you, Uh if I can be really frank. And so to be able to have your cycle as at least part of your North star, and there can be other things in there too, but as this map to orient yourself to, if somebody actually just teaches you even just the basics of how to do that, it's such a huge game changer. Because like you said, that young girl goes on to trust her intuition, to trust that guiding light within the voice from her womb. That's something that I'm always working with my teenage daughter on. Like, what is the voice saying, you know? And she's really learning to tune into that. And she's just 15. Like, Uh, what will she say? I mean, she'll just be like, I feel this, but I'm not so sure. And I'm like, okay, close your eyes. Let's, let's really feel it like deep, deep down, you know, maybe I'll touch her womb. And she's like, okay, yeah, it's a no, or yeah, it's a yes, you know, stuff like that. Um, it can be about anything, but it's like, she's getting, and I've also been working with her on developing the, what I call like the womb voice. So that very connected throat center that's connected to the womb, that's connected to the heart. So you're learning to bring that power up and actually say what you want. And I can say that I noticed a huge difference in her after she got her first period. Um, And we did obviously a whole beautiful initiation kind of experience. She really began to speak out more how she actually feels, what she actually, even if it's a little scary, she's still doing it. And so I think that's uh, one of just one of the thousands of benefits of following this path of initiation, which is the natural path, (laughs) which was the, it was the path that used to exist for all of us, you know? Right. Like the design, the spiritual design is Mm self-love. The spiritual design is embodiment, right? And when women get their blood or girls, as you guys are, are saying, I mean, really the, the initiation process for most of us through that rite of passage if, is shame, self-loathing, fracture, hiding, secrecy, and confusion, yeah. right? Like what you spoke to, Kristen, about the, the like thinking you can get pregnant at any time, that we're just like ticking time bombs. I, I remember learning about FAM when I was 17, 18, and just being mind blown that, A, no one taught me this, and B, that it was actually like incredibly simple and that it's this, it's like kept under lock and key, you mm-hmm. know? Like also I was thinking when you guys were talking that no one told me the length of time the tampon should come out in, <laughs> you know? Like I had to read that on the box and was like, if you don't want TSS, take it in out within 12 hours. I'm like, what is that? Like no one even said yeah. the basics. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And just yeah, imagine it, this, this world, I mean, Nancy, you're doing it, you know, our daughters are still, are still quite little Kristen and I's, but imagine this community, this world, this vision where children, where girls are just like properly oriented and properly adjusted. But one of the big things I think we need to get across is that doesn't happen if you, the mother aren't properly oriented and aren't properly adjusted, which is where our school comes in and where both of your work individually and together comes in. Like you can't, you can't skip yourself and think you're going to rewrite all this shit with your daughter. It just, right. it's not going to happen. It's not, not going possible. Away. Yeah, it's not possible. Honestly, what's on my mind, because it's just so relevant for the age of my daughter is, and I've just been noticing it now and I'm like, oh, right. This is how the rest of the world does it. Oh, she's that age. Oh, she's going to have start having sex soon. Maybe birth control time. Uh-huh without even a question also who is saying that to you that is like a very personal comment my god it's like out there you know mm-hmm. it is out there it's like totally <laughs> the, i forget about it but it's like oh yeah this is just the norm it's like a step of of female empowerment we could mm-hmm. say it's just and responsibility as the mother yeah of like you right? need to offer your child birth control 
no, you do not. Like Mm -hmm. you need to responsibly show her and teach her about her fertility as, as her own power and invite her into taking responsibility for that. Which again, cannot and will not occur if you, the mother, haven't done it. If you, the mother, don't know what the hell to say because you aren't living that message, it's not going to work. I I remember my thermostat setting was so low as a young woman that I remember when my mom came to me with my first real boyfriend around 15, 16 and was like, are you going to have sex? And I was like, yeah. And, and, and then she was like, so let's put you on the pill. And I was like, okay. And I remember thinking that was so cool that Mm -hmm. she didn't try to talk me out of it. And that she was like, I accept you. And here's what we do next. Mm -hmm. Like what a low thermostat. (laughs) That is. Yeah. (laughs) My poor mom. She didn't know. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, just so that the the string is connected, you know, for, for you women listening. So of course, Menarche is this, this really first big blood mystery in our lives. And then we will move into having sex and then we will move into at some point, most women will have pregnancies and will birth. And so, you know, to put it really simply, if you were to zoom out and look at these markers in a woman's life, the the initiation that you go through in your first blood mystery sets the tone for that next phase of yeah. your life, right? Whatever messages you are taught through your parents, your household, your society um, is basically grooming you for how to be, to be accepted into your household, into your society in that next phase. And then on it goes into the next one, into the next one. So these kind of, they're almost so obvious. It can be almost hard to see at first. There's this uh, through line in mainstream culture, you know, the world over, which is, um, blood is gross. Um, blood is shame, shut up about it, hide it. And then we move into, you know, as soon as you start seeing, having your blood, um, though you don't talk about it, you also for the Western world, start seeing a gynecologist who probes Mm -hmm. you and scrapes you and does, you know, God knows what to you as a young girl. So you're going in to a doctor and spreading your legs and, and, you know, being taught that the next phase is to submit to a physician that you don't know. You don't really understand what the heck they're doing. And there's quite a bit of fear. There's quite a bit of, of discomfort. And, and we know how, um, just notoriously disgusting doctors are with their bedside manner. I mean, I know so many horrific stories of young girls with their doctors having this first gyno appointment. And then that grooms you into the next phase, right? So then you're perfectly set up for obstetrical birth trauma, for more fracture, for more, um, all the stuff, you know, you women here on this podcast of, of what happens when women don't yet understand their power. They don't, um, yet know anything about choice and self-responsibility. And they're just in the tide, uh, that's set up for them, which is the gynecological obstetrical trauma tide. Right. And so then it moves you into your births. Now you have daughters and now those daughters are set up for the same thing. And unless we are really consciously interrupting that it will not be interrupted. Mm -hmm. Right. We have to disrupt it. We have to like disrupt at some point along the trajectory and it doesn't matter if you're listening and you're like, oh, well, I already have a daughter and I some of these things happen to me. It can stop with you right now. Like mm-hmm. you can make a change in any moment. So it's not about like that you have to have had this proper initiation. There's always a space to reclaim that and start to make those repairs. And that's like really what we're getting at is that we do have to disrupt it at some point mm-hmm. and say like, this shit stops with me. Like I'm done. and then find a new path forward that is one of integrity and embodiment. And that is like the very subtle, but such effective, I feel like, of the medical paradigm that sort of penetrates and sort of is part of mainstream culture is that, like you were saying, Emily, it's like our our blood is shameful. It needs to be hidden. Our bodies are broken. They're They're somehow different because we have these hormonal rhythms. And it just leads down, leads you down this path of trusting another authority over your own inner authority. And it's not even real trust. It's like you don't even know what trust 
even is, it's like outsourcing. Yeah. It's just like a default. Totally. Yeah. It's so sad, but I appreciate the reminder for anyone stressing out listening to this, that (laughs) it literally just can change. It really actually can. And, And that's, you know, one of the many reasons that the blood mystery school has been so powerful for so many women, because it is this container of, of proper initiation. And like I said, at the very beginning, none of this is like crazy. None of this is out of reach. This is about gathering with women, having proper guides, practicing mm-hmm. ceremony, choosing a different mantra, you know, mantra, choosing a different script, trying mm-hmm. something different. You know, if you, if you, um, have a lot of negative thoughts when your blood comes, you can just choose to say something different when your blood comes, you know, you can just choose to do that. It's simple. And I think for many people who are really stuck in Mm -hmm. their own scripts, it can feel really out of reach. So that's part Mm -hmm. of what I want to get across today with, with you both when we shift more into conscious initiations and and this idea of priestesshood in your mundane life, you know, we will in a, in a little bit touch on what are these like simple day-to-day touch points that women can integrate. Mm -hmm. Anything else to flesh out about the bullshit initiations that groom you for fracture and self-loathing? I mean, we didn't touch on the last blood mystery, which is, well, I guess before death is uh, menopause, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. perimenopause and menopause. And I'm thankful that it's being talked about a little bit more, a little bit more than it was maybe even a few years ago. Um, But it's still this very shadowy realm that most women don't even want to touch. And, you know, I try not to even look at what's happening out there in the, (laughs) in the mainstream, because I'm just so far removed from it now, but it's really insane. Like, I think the statistics are just nuts. Like when you're starting to go through perimenopause and things are shifting, you'll go to your doctor and you'll start talking about things and they'll put you on an antidepressant. You know, totally. that's like happening, like one in a few women. Part know? of the course. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's drugs and then hysterectomy. Surgery. Yeah. Drugs yeah. and surgery. Exactly. And just like in birth. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's just the same thing that repeats itself. I do think that, I mean, this is very hopeful, but I feel like when our generation moves into menopause, mm-hmm. it's going to kind of blow up. In the mm-hmm. like, we're all in our childbearing years, so that's yeah. like what we're putting out, and then we're not going to be, but we're still going to be putting all this out, right? I so, know yeah. I thought about that time that, yeah, I thought that exact thought. I think that's going to be really exciting. But we did add a, a, a menopause kind of interview, mini interview series to the school, and it was so beautiful um, to hear those women speak about how that for, for, for the one that I interviewed at least was the most powerful initiation of them all. And, you know, she chose to obviously go through it very naturally. And that's so rare. That's so, so, so rare Yeah, because it is. And she spoke a lot to like, yeah, because most women are like, well, I have something that I need to fix now. I need to fix it. I need to fix it. I need to fix it. Even if you're using herbs, are you going about it from that perspective of like, I need to fix something? Or is it like, okay, this is going to be my ally, this herbal ally that's going to walk with me as I make what's here for me to know. Yeah. Yeah. And just deepen into my power. And that's what the whole priestesshood is about Mm -hmm. being in your power in this world. Simple. Being aligned with your true essence. And I really see the blood mysteries as a spiral path that we walk. Every time we cycle, we get closer and closer to that essence. Every time we go through another initiation, we get closer to that essence. The design is that we come out on the other side, even healthier, even stronger, more resourced, more of who we really are. God, it's so counter to what our programming is that like right. you just get like haggard and yeah. just like <laughs> stripped down and that the only attractive thing is like a 20 year old hairless shaved uh. child girl you know and that we're just all like disgusting <laughs> it's so sad and it's so not true i know gosh 
Imagine <laughs> though, if our world actually was full of crones who were in their sagehood uh-huh. and not still clinging to maidenhood. God, yeah. for real. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic, actually. It's wild. Yeah, it's, it's really sad. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> let's talk about some tangible. Okay. Well, let, let me say it again in case this went over anyone's head. So, so the blood mysteries are defined as um, we could say your own birth coming into the world with your mother and then your first bleed and then sex and then menopause. And then some even say, um, oh, and then did I say birth? Yeah. Um, no, you didn't. No, say you birth. didn't. But birth exactly birth. <laughs> Pregnancy yeah. Birth and then plane. we could even say um, your own exit, mm-hmm. you know, uh, out of this plane. And mm-hmm. so there's these very obvious, very massive touch points throughout throughout our life. And so obviously our um, conviction statement is the way that we've all been initiated is total bullshit. It grooms us for disempowerment. And, you know, obviously you're listening to this podcast because you are on the path of embodiment. And it's really not a not just a buzzword. I, I love that word so much. I love that word so much more and more actually every month that I think about it because embodiment is Mm self-love, right? And like, again, not just a buzzword, like, is there anything more significant? Is there anything more, um, like when, when you learn to love yourself, everything becomes possible. That's right. Yeah. You know, like you're just like in a psychedelic creative Mm -hmm. (laughs) paradigm. Totally, and the inner critic and the you know the the bullshit in your head and the you know the the like shitty toxic family members and and all of that that's going on for so many of you like all of that that inner critic that that nasty um you know thing in you that thinks bad things about yourself that shit is not yours it's literally not you anything that is not anything that's happening in your head that isn't orienting towards self-love isn't yours because we, that is our essence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in every way. And so, yes, I love this really simple idea of using the blood mysteries to properly orient you to embodiment and self-love. It's something that really is actually quite simple and every day. And so maybe let's, let's shift into that. Like, what does it look like? Because both of you women have rewritten your blood mysteries, you have done, you know, so much ceremonial work and consciousness work to um, really walk the walk of self-love and um, embodiment and and all of this. And so what does it look like for both of you to live in this priestess state in your everyday mundane life? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Nancy's like, I've been waiting for someone to ask me this question literally my whole life. (laughs) This is your book, Nancy. Oh, that's funny. Um, Yeah, for me, like, and I've said this before, but I, I just love going back to this idea of really reclaiming my time, my relationship with natural time. I believe that we live under a totally faulty calendar that is not aligned with really anything. And so what makes the most sense to me as a woman, especially my cycling years, is to begin to orient myself in terms of my time to the different phases of of the cycle that I'm currently in. And so being a modern day priestess for me, that's like the first thing. It's like the reclamation of my time recognizing that I'm not supposed to be productive every single day and that it's actually to my benefit if I'm not, you know, that's just a really, really basic thing, but that's so basic and so foundational and so deep that most women miss that. And so then comes the, I love myself so much that I'm going to give myself permission to then rest when it's actually appropriate to rest on the days where um, yeah, the, the production or productivity is naturally low. And in those days, that means I'm like dreaming and receiving and cultivating seeds of the next chapter. So rather than getting into like every single phase and what I do, I would say that that's kind of the, the basic 
uh, gist of it. And then within that, I am a ceremonialist. Like I, I, I kind of orient my whole life to that as like, you know, the, the ritual um, way of being in life. And I have through many years of study cult and cultivating that practice, but also like remembering that that's in my bones. And that's mm-hmm. what I try the women in the school is like this it really is in your cellular memory I promise you can Um, just make it up yeah it just takes some practice but you know that is a big part of being the modern day priestess for me is also turning to ritual or ceremony to receive answers Mm -hmm. so not going immediately into the mental space but going into the feeling body and that's what I, I talked about recently in these memes I put out it's like the initiated woman is dangerous to society because she can feel truth in her body mm-hmm. and she can actually be led by the feeling body not just you the can't mental. you can't be lied to exactly yeah. exactly so for me a lot a lot of the day-to-day kind of practical means that I take time to sit in front of my little altar and actually feel what is appropriate for today what is really wanting to blossom mm. you know I mean, we can get into like more specifics but I just kind of wanted to lay mm-hmm. I'm thinking about at MRF last year I was hanging out with Tony Jones who's the affirmations you know artist and she looked around at the event and she looked at me and she said I think I'm gonna go take up some space with some rest <laughs> she just went back to the yurt to take a nap. I was like, love that. I need to do a bit more of that. I was also going to say that this um, on on New Year's Eve just passed, I took my first and last nap of 2023 <laughs> because I'm an energizer bunny. And I took a, I was so tired. I was bleeding. Hmm. And I took a nap, which I literally, that was my first and last of the entire year. And in that hour, I slept for like 50 minutes. And in that hour, and it was pretty edgy for me to do because I, I I haven't learned that whole thing you just beautifully described. Um, but I did it and it felt so luxurious, even like gluttonous with my kids awake. And I just like left and went into my room and took a nap. And um, anyway, three women enrolled in my retreat in the one hour that I was asleep and I woke up and was like, oh shit. Okay. This is like the other side I'm receiving. It was nice. It's so true. It's It's so so accurate. Yeah. There's so much magnetism in that space. If you're really willing. Love it. I get it now. What about you, Nancy? Or, yeah. What do you, about you, Kristen? What does it look like? For yeah. You? I mean, so much of what Nancy said, it's like, I feel like for so many women, once they realize that, oh, there is a different way to orient to time and they start to pay attention to their cycles more and the cycles externally, wherever you live or wherever you are in the world. Mm-hmm. It's like this process of orienting to the external environment of like what's going on seasonally where I live and then what's going on within me. And it's not that these things have to match up or that they always do, but just this orientation process, it's actually just like written into our physiology that this creates so much safety in the body mm-hmm. um, at a nervous system level. It's like very, very basic. But if we want to receive inspiration or if we want to receive sort of whatever it is that you're calling in, coming from this place of like a real felt grounded sense of safety in the body shifts and change changes so much just in your day-to-day reality. So I think for me, that process also is really about like, I mean, not so much right now where I'm at, but when I first was like reclaiming this, it was a lot about just letting my consciousness drop down below the head, right? Like, Uh how does it feel in my womb space right now? Like, do I have a felt sense of my pelvic tissues? How does my vagina feel at different points in my cycle? Hmm. It's like you can actually receive a lot of feedback by just noticing how those tissues feel. By acknowledging it at all. Yeah. By just, (laughs) hey, it's here. Like what's happening? Um, That would be the first thing. But so many women don't even recognize that until there's a sense of pain or constriction Mm -hmm. or tension. And it's really about like welcoming also the sensations that are good or like register as feeling pleasurable for you or whatever that is, even just like a sense of feeling more grounded or open, relaxed. 
Um, and the other one I feel like I have to touch on is nourishment and developing a relationship with nourishment at, on the basic level of like how you nourish your body through food, but also soul level nourishment, like what really enlivens you and what are you drawn towards? How can you create more of that in your day-to-day -day environment, whether that looks like, you know, you go out and you pick fresh flowers once a week during, during the times of year where that makes sense, um, where there is like that brings a level of ritual into your day-to-day -day life and it mm -hmm. cultivates beauty, which is another really important aspect of being a priestess is like really beautifying your environment mm -hmm. and inviting that in. Um, so those like nourishment and, and beauty, like, yeah, those pieces I think are really important. It's making me think about that. Maybe another way of saying all of this is like a, a conscious choice to shift out of survival mode, yeah, right? Like I'm thinking about so many women I know and love and, and often myself included, that's just like so addicted to that it high is. functioning, cerebral, pretty disassociated from the actual body, you know, up here survival mode. And, and, and I've spent enough time in it that I can see the fun feedback loop in it for me. And it's not, um, it's not sustainable. It's not, you can't do both, you know, you can't do what you guys are talking about. And that, that felt sense within your whole body and, and reclaiming time and dropping down out of the mind and all of that. Like to me, that is, that is the choice to not be in survival mode, which is what society grooms us to be in and stay in until we drop dead. Exactly. Yeah. Like that when you were sharing that, I was actually thinking about being on the deathbed. Like, mm -hmm. what are you actually going to remember? And what are you really going to cherish? Mm -hmm. And for me, it really comes down to presence and presence is about getting out of that survival mode. Yeah. It's about making space, that inner space to connect with something that's just so much deeper than this 3D reality that we see with our eyes. And it's not this idea of like doing, doing is value. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I definitely can fall for that. That's like, like taking like days to not be productive. Like, woof, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's an edge for most women mm -hmm. requires them to also get out of the kind of individualistic thinking mm -hmm. of like, I'm doing it all myself. It mm -hmm. kind of, requires you to drop down into community and sisterhood if you really want to live cyclically, you know, because it requires you to actually ask for help on certain days. That's something I see so much in my both like cyclical teachings, but also my postpartum care that I do. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like I cannot, I cannot possibly rest because that means, that means I would have to ask for help. Or, or yeah. that, that everything will just fall apart because I would never ask for help. So to rest equals chaos in the house. Kids don't get cared for. Dog doesn't get walked. I see that too, where it's like asking for help is not even on the table. So then the cost of self-care is everything falls apart. <laughs> That's terrible. There's a lot of programming that that we yeah. undo when we begin to really get in touch with our female body. <laughs> I know it's so sad. It's so intense. But again, the pathway is quite simple. But it's also like just so exciting when you do step on that path because you just begin to discover jewels and mm -hmm. treasures all the time. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, 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 oh my God. Because I mean, it even opens up all the stuff, stuff for ancestral healing and lineage healing when you really begin to work with your womb, when you begin to interact with your blood, even be so brave as to touch your blood, <gasps> to touch, to examine yeah. it, to be like that ripples back uh, in time as well to your mother line, you know? So what do you do with it? You just like make a little painting? I have made and a little thank you card. <laughs> I do. I, do. <laughs> I make painting. I like to put it on my third eye. I like to do masks like face masks. Oh, you like go there. Yeah. Yeah, me too. You, yeah. you do too? Yeah, totally. Obviously, like giving it back to the earth or the plants, the house plants, I always do that because why not? 
I because I use either cloth pads or period panties or sometimes I'll free bleed or kind of a mix up those. That's three. what I was gonna say. How do you how are you capturing it? Yeah, but this is like such a common question that we get, right? Christine? Yeah, we both it's get this very question. Simple personally, and I think both of us, right, don't really um recommend the cups. Yeah, like no, that's weird. Yeah. Um you know, obviously if, if you love using a cup and that's your thing, like it's very but easy to catch that, yeah. and take it back to the earth, but we use either cloth pads or period panties. If we're not free bleeding, uh, cause sometimes I like to just go out on the earth and just lift up my skirt See what happens. <laughs> in my own garden, you know? Um, but you take the panties or the, um, cloth pads and you put them in either like a bucket oh. or a jar and you run water over them and you wring them out. And then yeah. it's, so it's like blood and water. It's yeah. not just purple. you make a little infusion. Uh, Basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I know I have a girlfriend who she has trained herself. I mean, maybe you guys can do this. I don't know how to do this yet, but she like wakes up and she can like keep her cervix closed and then mm -hmm. walk outside and open and mm -hmm. all her blood will come out at once mm -hmm. for some period of time and then like goes back in and she can just open and release. I mean, that's very impressive. Advanced for sure. It's advanced. Advanced. <laughs> According to the EMS program level too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, that. Yeah. I can barely I can barely jump on a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you guys do that with your blood. So you really get you get funky with it. Yes. And like if you're listening, you're like, oh my God, whoa, that's intense. Obviously you don't have to go to those lengths, yeah, you like, don't have to but, do that. but it's been super inspiring in the school to hear from women. Like we do these graduate calls a year post the school starting mm -hmm. and we're like, how are you? Where are you at? And just some amazing stories have been shared around women actually developing a relationship with their blood and doing these different rituals and just how that's opened up so many areas of their lives and really deepened their self-love. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. it's recognizing that, oh, I am this too. I am this. Right. I am oh my God. I mean, just, just healing the cognitive dissonance mm -hmm. to, to rewrite this as blood is power, blood is, blood is nutrients, blood is good. I mean, that mm -hmm. is major. So I understand the like playing with it in these different ways helps you create positive pathways, but like you put it on your face as a mask. Yes. It has and then you just like out. walk around your house and scare the shit out of your kids. Like It doesn't it? really dry. Like it's not like super it's red. very subtle actually. Yeah. You can barely okay. tell. You can, blush. you can put some menstrual blood in a cup. Now we're really going for it. We're here. We're going to just Please. go for it. Yeah. You can put some in a, a little bit of water. And if you have dental issues, you can swish with that because it has totally. stem cells. Yeah. yeah. So men's endometrial tissue. Like insane. It was going to be a baby, you know? I mean, it had the potential to become. Fair enough. Fair enough. You mean it's life force. It's life force. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you want to say something more about it, Chris? Well, I was just going to say now, like with the, with the current research we have around like endometrial stem cells. So stem cells are undifferentiated cells. They can become any type of cell essentially. And so they're actually using endometrial stem cells to treat a variety of things, which is okay. We're not going to go into that. Like harvesting of those stem cells is obviously very ethically not okay, but we have access to that every month. We don't need some, some technology to do that for us. We just can have those stem cells for a wrinkle on your forehead or for whatever a, a wound healing. I don't know, whatever you would want to use it for. Um, but there is like a real magic to that that's based in like our physiology. So I don't yeah. know. I think that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about that? How we as women are conduits here and we are really between the heaven and earth. Yeah. And so if yeah. we are able to like really open our crowns on those days that we are bleeding and receive celestial codes and wisdom. I mean, talk about priestess. This is like next level priestess, right? Really connecting with that intentionally, taking that into your body, all of that becoming your blood. And then you offer that blood to the earth, not just to say, I'm going to throw this into a plant so it grows better, but like, I'm actually offering this so that humanity evolves 
into its elevated consciousness that it is truly meant to be. So here's all this information from the stars going through my body and giving back to their, I feel the same way about placentas, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of burial. Um, it, it, there's just so much there. And there's this prophecy. I recently did this reel about it. Um, that comes from the Hopi that says, once women start giving their blood back to the earth, men will come home from war. Mm. So it's like the wrong blood is being shed for the earth. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. for me that it's, there's, there's a lot, there are a lot of layers here. And the wrong mouthwash is being swished. hundred <laughs> percent because that other stuff is totally killing your microbiome. <laughs> All right. That's the golden nugget in this episode for me. <laughs> Emily's going to try oh, that next cycle. I, I mean, okay. shit, I'll do it. I'll give it a go. Both of you really do that? I've never tried I the have- wash, but I've definitely done like the face mask. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. So is it just like you... <laughs> Sorry to be graphic, but like, are you just digging your fingers in your yoni and then like dun dun dunk? Or are you doing it from the infused water bath or oh i don't do it when i i don't do with the panties and the cloth pads i do it okay just capture straight straight shot moment where i just i have like a designated cup for that and i'll just when i know that i'm gonna bleed because obviously you feel it coming Mm -hmm. um yeah that's the song great i love it i love it Well, women, this is what happens when you get properly initiated. (laughs) But it's so true because, and Kristen and I were laughing about this the other day of like, wow, we really do forget just how on the edge we are because this stuff becomes so normal. It just becomes normal. But you know what? You women are happy. You're thriving. You're contented in your marriages and you're mothering. Like you're killing it. Yeah. So it's true. We're on something. And then. And it feels like it's just getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how life is designed to be. Exactly. Yeah. Contrary to everything <laughs> that we've been, that we've been told. And we're showing our daughters too. And my, and my son, uh, both of my course. sons. I mean, yeah. I have a baby, so he's not really fully there yet, but like my six-year-old, like he knows, oh yeah, mommy's bleeding. And like, that's the period underwear go in the, in the water. And like, that's just a very normal part of his reality and my daughter as well. And so they understand like when I'm bleeding, there's no baby and et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, these things really make a lasting impact when you start to make these changes. It's like, you don't even necessarily have to be, it's not as active in the teaching because you are embodying it. Right. It's just like a natural progression. It's just integrated. Yeah. Which is why you as the listening woman, mother, you have to do all this to walk the walk because your children actually don't really need to be like taught as much right. as it's like an inner inner energetic field. I've, I've been thinking about it with Sunye because she's six and two weeks and you know, she's like asking, well, I just got my blood back since, um, since the baby. And so that's like, you know, been in our household for the last two months. And yeah. So she's like aware of it and has asked some questions recently. Cause the last time I bled was like two plus years ago when she was much younger Anyway, and so I was just thinking about it, you know, that she asks these questions and everything I say is like, it's so incredible. It's, it's Mm -hmm. so exciting to have this back. Like everything I say is so positive Mm -hmm. a, because I genuinely feel that. And also I am hyper aware of how, what a gift it is Mm -hmm. to transmit that energy to her It's just such a gift that Mm -hmm. I get to be the one in this little girl's life who enthusiastically shares her first ever times of hearing about blood. Mm -hmm. Like what a cool thing that I get to be aware of, you know, that's so simple. I'm not like giving her all these lessons. I'm just like every month you're going to get it. It's so fun. It's going to be so great. You know, this is power and whatever I say, I don't even know. And just that it's this, this, um, very just chill integrated aspect of her knowing like you're saying mm-hmm. so special because so it is cool but if i hadn't have done the work to choose it's really not even i don't know if you even to say learn it's kind of the same but to choose how to properly reinitiate myself to choose to think positively about my blood 
you know, all the stuff, like mm -hmm. that's the only way this can work. Mm -hmm. I just really can't stress that enough. Cause I know so many moms who of course were improperly initiated. They're very stressed out about having daughters and they're just, they're still really in their own self-loathing and they're still really in their own victimhood about their bodies. Mm -hmm. And, and I think you know, many women I know that I'm referencing, like they do have awareness that they want to do better by, by and for and to their daughters, but it's not an outsourced thing. It's not, you can't like skip over. You're the center of your entire household. Like if you aren't working on yourself, what are you even doing? Mm -hmm. I'm excited for what you women are going to do at MRF too. We should, we should plug that for mm -hmm. women to get excited about. Do you guys want to say your workshops really quick? Um, we're going to teach a uh, journey through the womb heart and I'll be leading some teachings around what is the womb heart connection according to Chinese medicine. And what is that? How does that sort of manifest in our day-to-day -day lives? And Nancy's going to guide us using sound into the womb heart. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm really excited about that. It's like always so special to be in person and I'll get to see Nancy again, which is great. She wasn't there last year, but she's coming back, which is very exciting. We need to do another cute photo shoot. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then we're also going to be doing a really special ceremony, which is going to be a Menarch Reclamation Ceremony. And that is just some of the most powerful stuff ever. And even if you've done that before, you can do that over mm -hmm. and over and you will still find out something new about yourself. So you'll be guided to journey back in time, revisit your first bleed. Um, yeah, it'll be obviously just a very beautiful experiential experience among women in person. We'll do some cool. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's still kind of downloading for me, you know, exactly the form it will take. Um, there will definitely be music as well as a part of it or sound or something. So I'm excited. Kristen, can you picture that that big tent we had to the left of the stage that we had to like replace the dome with because yeah. it flooded? Yeah. That one, I'm thinking of grading next to the earth altar and flattening like tucked back in Gaia's Grove and having that be your guys's red tent. Red tent. I think that's that's going to be perfect. Right? I'm so excited All for the shady. red tent. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's the other thing is you both, the red tent, right? yeah, you'll be hosting and tending a new venue. Yeah, so this is still kind of taking form, but we're going to be hosting in the red tent, probably on a daily basis, um, some kind of check-in or tea time or some, some offering that where women can come and gather and we can dive into all of these topics a little bit more that that's going to be really about sharing and witnessing and being together as women. And integrating. I just have a feeling that the weather is going to be perfect. Nice. <laughs> we had our hot year. We had our mud year. This year is just going to crush. I can feel it. Full moon on the solstice. Okay. So let's take a little minute here to talk about the Blood Mystery School. As we said at the beginning, we are celebrating its 2024 launch. We run it once a year. Uh, we have a huge wait list. So I don't uh, want any of you to wait because enrollment as of right now is open now. And it's only going to be open for a couple of weeks. Um, so why don't you both maybe take turns of what you bring to it and and why everyone interested in our topic today should come take the program with us? Yeah. So I bring the energetic kind of emotional psycho-spiritual component to the Blood Mystery School and obviously the ritual and ceremony as well, um, both in guiding you in ceremony and guiding you in ritual and also teaching you how to do that with other women. And we move through the seasons of womanhood. So it's a four month program. And each month I speak to a different archetype, which corresponds to a different season, which corresponds to a different phase of the moon. And not only are you learning about um, what's happening for you on this kind of plane, cyclically every month if you're in those years but you're also we also really unpack these seasonal changes over the larger life cycle so we talk about the maiden and the mother and the sorceress and the crone in terms of how she shows up over the span of our life not just every single month 
And a lot happens when we unpack that as well, because a lot of realizations come, a lot of lineage healing starts to happen. A lot of like, oh my God, I'm not being in right relationship with this kind of comes up for women. And so you get all these tools of how to actually go through that process. Like I talked about of claiming uh, time again, so that it actually works for you and your cyclical body. And also this kind of equals eye view of like, oh, this is how, this is kind of the arc of my life you know, and then obviously reclaiming, um, the initiations that weren't, yeah, that you don't feel good about. So beginning to rewrite that story. Also, I'll just mention that we have, um, every Monday, in addition to the classes that we lead and the workshops we lead, we have mentorship Monday, which is a space where women really unravel. They show up. It's like a beautiful women's circle online and you just have this chance to be heard and seen in whatever you're going through. And a lot of the times as well, women will come up with very specific questions about their cycle and receive mentorship, maybe from Kristen more in that way. Um, but so much gets talked about. Like that is where so much magic happens. The juice. Mondays. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll, so, I'll, I'll so yeah. So you are through the 16 weeks re- and properly initiating the students and teaching them how to then go out and do that to other women, right? which is so cool because I know in the RBK school, women are so hungry to learn ceremony and how mm -hmm. to bring a spiritual element to the ways that they serve women. And, and women can be quite um, like shy about that. You know, if, if they're not already in a women's circle, if, if they're kind of new, I think a lot of women like ache for it and feel very shy and, and overcomplicate it. Like, you know, in all these, these ways that we do when, when something's new. And so, yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of the fan favorites of the school is women emerging being like, oh, I know how to do these mm -hmm. things with women in my community. I mean, what a, yeah, what, what women's community doesn't want that and need that. And I, and I forgot to mention on that note that a big part of my part of the school as well is I bring this whole section on how to guide coming of age girls through mm. the book. So we have a special workbook for them. Um, I have a very in-depth uh, workshop that I lead about how to actually create a menarch ceremony, a coming of age ceremony as well. So, so, that, so that they don't have to be reinitiated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How about you, Kristen? Yeah. So just to add to what Nancy is saying, it's like I'm adding more to the cycle coaching side, you could say, but Nancy and I both agree that to work with your cycle, you also really need to understand this from a psycho-spiritual point of view. So that's why we work so well together is we both hold the viewpoint that you can't really be in right relationship with your cycle if you're not working with these archetypal energies on a psycho-spiritual level. So that's such an essential part of the school. Um, what I'm really bringing forward is teaching about the hormonal physiology of each phase of the cycle and how to work with that, whether that's with herbs, nutrition, um, acupressure. So I'm also weaving in sort of the Chinese medicine point of view and doing that in a very specific way to help women really start to step outside of the lens of pathology and realize that our bodies are sort of an integrated part of the natural world. So hmm. if we're stepping outside of the lens of like something's wrong, our bodies are somehow broken, then it really reorients to that self-love and self-trust and allows us to start working with our cycles in a way of like, oh, isn't that interesting? It's more of a process of inquiry around oh, this is what my cycle's teaching me. This is what my blood is showing me this month. This might mean I need to shift in this way or make a course correction in this way. And I think it's so important because we need women who have this knowledge. It's It can seem simple and, and um, it's like we need women who know how to heal the most basic cycle challenges and even more complex ones like endometriosis, for example, or PCOS. So these are things we really go deep into of like, if you're walking with women and someone in your community has endometriosis, how can you show up to support that woman 
and not just have her turn to pharmaceuticals or surgery or whatever the thing is. These are really things that women are navigating every day. And we just really need women who are embodied and intelligent around how hormones work. And so through the school, it's like I help women understand how to talk to women about their cycles and then how to help them navigate out of challenges. Like that's, yeah, obviously not using birth control or surgery or pain. Right. I mean, we have to create an option base that is outside of allopathy. And, you know, the RBK like phenomenon that's been going on is so exciting and kind of an example of women becoming options for other women to turn to that aren't the system. And this is just a, um, like a critical extension of that idea because, you know, something we've been talking about is the historically and kind of the romantic, you know, version of let's say a real midwife was womb to tomb, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't, you didn't just show, you didn't get, you didn't hire someone as a stranger when you were pregnant and then get the baby here and then never see her again. Yeah. Which is like midwifery today. That's not what it was. And and that's not actually what it is in any integrated place where I know of what I would call authentic midwives. It's just not how it is. You become a hub and a source um, for, for an entire family, right? Mm -hmm. For all of the stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so this school is, it's critical. It's absolutely critical. It's something that, like you said, Kristen, we have to have women who know how to hold the wide scope of, of experiences, because if we don't create more, uh, options, I mean, we all see what's happening is not good. They're Mm -hmm. butchering us. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really bad. Mm -hmm. It's really bad. Yeah. So there's your inspirational talk. I know it's bad out there guys. (laughs) I just want to share this visual that came up for me when we, we, when you began to speak, Kristen, I just saw this as this beautiful tapestry that we've woven together, together over these couple of years. Now that we've had the schools as our third round and with our, both of our teachings, they're so complimentary and if a woman is coming into the school also to seek her own healing, which is often the case, and then maybe later bring it out into the world, she begins to pull on these different threads. So maybe she's a little bit more drawn to my work and she begins to pull on the psycho-spiritual thread and she sees these physical things start to shift or vice versa. Maybe she's like, okay, I really want to work with the herbs in this way and the acupuncture. She begins to pull on that physical thread and something totally shifts in the other realm. Like they're mm-hmm. completely interwoven and yeah. not disconnected at all. And I feel like that is also what is so magical and epic about the Blood Mystery School. And just, I feel so proud about that aspect of it because it feels so holistic and truly complete. Yeah, I agree. And it's what, I mean, what I love about it is seeing the women come out of it and what they're doing in their own communities and how it's so unique for everyone as what they bring forward from someone creating herbal formulas or like starting an herbal business to someone leading women's circles and starting to teach about the cycle to someone working with women one-on-one. There's just such a variety of what women choose to integrate and bring forward. And I feel like that's really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And women want it. Yeah. And really want it. It's the same thing that happens with RBK is all these women come to the program and they're like, but how will I find the women? I don't know any women who want this. And it's like, they're everywhere. (laughs) You just have to let them know. And then they're all like, ah, you know, it's, it's really quite, quite a thing to see. They really, they are everywhere because women are everywhere. And this is like you said, Nancy, this is our nature. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm so stoked you both are coming to MRF this summer. Yeah, feels so, so good to be together again. And like mm-hmm. I said, Blood Mystery School is, is officially open. It's really exciting. We've been working on it really hard for the last many, many months and just so thrilled to see who, who comes to the table to do this work with you both. And 
there will be all the links in the show notes, but I'll just say it here that it's bloodmysteryschool.com. Go grab your spot. Yes. Yeah. We'd love to have you. All right, woman, you feel complete? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> hope you enjoyed the show today. You can support this podcast by donating to it on freebirthsociety.com and leaving an awesome review on whatever platform you listen on. The more reviews, the more visibility the show gets. So let's spread the word of sovereign birth. We've always got a lot going on at Free Birth Society, and you can find out about all of it at freebirthsociety.com, at freebirthsociety on Instagram, and opt in to my newsletter below in the show notes. We offer courses on free birth, authentic midwifery, and the blood mysteries, as well as one-on-one coaching, in-person retreats, and of course, our annual women's festival. Our exclusive vetted private membership is definitely something to check out if you're looking for a community of wise sisters. Together we rise. We must speak our stories, claim our lives, and support one another. This is the living revolution, and I am so grateful to be in it with all of you. I'll leave you with our epic Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored, eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts, keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your We choose love, everything with intention, death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the start.